welcome to the Security Box Podcast 37. On this episode of the program, we're going to talk about something I don't think people know much about, dealing with email verification of domains in the process, the standards of what it is, and how it came to be. What are we talking about? We're talking about DKIM. We will also cover a very interesting webinar that I listened to by Trend Micro that dealt with the security predictions for 2021. We'll also have news, notes, questions, comments, and more as the show progresses and the listener's choice on whether they have something to contribute. We also have a very interesting Firefox update which talks about accessibility stuff that has been fixed. But the reason why it's in this podcast is because it also talks about some security fixes, some of which have been covered on Security Now. All this and your questions, comments, and concerns are coming up as Podcast 37 gets started. As part of 98.6 The Mix's Independent Artist Channel on 98.6 The Mix KKMX International and part of the Technology Blog and Podcast series. I'm Jared Reimer. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed are those of the show hosts and may not necessarily be of any company in which the show hosts may represent. to Jared's shop. May I take your order for a username and password? The sign says Jared's shop. It said nothing about usernames and passwords. Yes, sir. Usernames, passwords, credit card information, all sorts of breach data. You name it, you've got it here at Jared's shop. Well, that sounds lovely, but I really only wanted to pick up a USB drive. Well, sorry, sir, but the USB drives come with all sorts of data, all for sale right here, right now. 
at the asking price of at least $100. Well, USB drives start at least at 10 bucks. I need a USB drive so that I can store some data on it of my own, such as audio book files, files from the library, the library maybe, some maybe some backups, backups of some backups, other, stuff. Other, stuff, other, stuff, other stuff. And if need be, I'd like to be able to send some stuff to some people and they only have the capacity of receiving them through flash drives. So I need blank ones. Well, sorry, sir, but we don't have any blank flash drives here. If we did, whatever you wanted from usernames, passwords, and more can be put on these drives, but at a premium cost. Sorry, sir, I'm not interested in that. I'll just have to find another shop. Welcome to the security box. The security box with Jared Primer on KKNX. Good day, everybody. Welcome to podcast number 37 and program 37. I'm Jared Reimer. Welcome aboard. Okay, it's time to be serious for a minute before I get started with the program. So... We've recently had more shootings and more mass hate. Recently, I had heard <clears throat> that people are targeting Asians. I do know of at least one Asian person. And they're not all bad. The reason why I'm bringing this up on today's program is because a lot of the people who are in the technology field are different nationalities.
a lot of companies who do security work are in different countries of the world. Some of them, English may not be their native language. They may speak it and speak enough of it to do their job and their work. And we may not like some of the countries like Russia and China because of what they have been known to do in cyberspace. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we should all hate them. This just sends me I try not to hate people. I may say I hate you, but I'm not going to go around and tell, you know, and, and do a whole bunch of havoc against people I don't know. Nationalities I don't really know. Maybe I hate the person, but it's not because of their... where they are, if they're Chinese or Mexican or whatever, there's got to be another reason. I got an email yesterday from Uber, the ride-sharing company and the food delivery service that have been that has been so valuable in the last year. And they mentioned the website, and I don't remember what it is at the moment. If you're a customer, you'll get the same email in due time. And they said they will not take racism on their platform. I had a girl, I believe it was Sunday, delivering me food. Or was it Saturday? I don't remember what day it was. But she called. And I went to go meet her because she was on the other side of the building. I'm sure she... Her English was fine. But I don't think... She is a U.S. citizen. I mean, she she has to be a U.S. citizen. I don't mean it that way. But I mean that... You know, she's... Uh, got an accent of some sort probably from another nationality that's what I'm trying to say that's what I'm trying to say we all have to try and do the best that we can with everybody
We may hate the person, but we can't be racist about it. And maybe we'll say something that we may not think that's racist, but you know, we have to learn all of that too. And this type of thing happens in all kinds of places, whether it's in the tech field, you know, the food industry, the uh, driving industry, what have you. But the ongoing violence against these nationalities for no reason when most people are probably pretty civil is unconscionable. You wouldn't do that to your own tech support person, now would you? Somebody who came in, fixed your computer with whatever's wrong. You found out later he's whatever nationality and you hate them, even though one of their kind fixed your computer? Think about that, folks. This is getting really bad. We are getting a call, so we will take that call now on the security box. The security box, you are live on the air. <laughs> How far am I backed up? You're talking about uh, hatred. I mean, that's the last thing I heard before I called. I'm wondering how far backed up am I? Because I have a few comments. You're I'm not. not. <laughs> we have just gotten started. I didn't really want this to be commented on because of the fact that um, this is not a, a tech-related thing, but okay. What I'll triggered? Keep my mouth shut. You, no, it, I mean, if you have something to say, I'm not going to stop people from saying, from commenting on it. But my intent wasn't to 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 have comments. I was about to say that when the call came in, but. If you need to say something, say something. We're not going to be stopping people from saying anything if they have oh, to say something. Like, no, I just... Uh, very quickly here, folks. If you think about it, nobody, unless you have, like, 100% Indian in you as in American Indian, the people that were here first, before everyone else. Everybody else is from a different country and mixed with something. So if you're going to hate Asians and you're going to hate people of a different, like the way they speak or, you know, a different nationality, you might as well hate this country because we, uh, that's what this country is made of. 
So you might want to think that before you start hating people who have no fault of theirs, that you somehow have a beef to pick with that nationality or or that way of life. We immigrants to this country in some way or another, ancestry-wise or what have you. So I think about that twice before you start hating on different groups of people. Because you might as well hate yourself. And if that's the case, then y'all need some counseling. Because hate does not help get the world into a better place. I mean, this all started... We all need to be tolerant of each other. And And that's all all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, it, it all started with the pandemic and the whole Black Lives Matter. I said then, why is it Black Lives Matter? How about all lives matter? Why not all lives matter? Hello? Hello? Yeah. All of us matter. It's not indicative of just one race and the fact that there's a you know, Black Lives Matter, for example. And now there's a website. I didn't know how to for, feel for about Asian. that. And now yeah. there's a thing to, I, I, to, to <laughs> stop the Asian violence. This is ridiculous. If you want a better world, you got to stop hating each other. It's not going to get like better said, if we all keep killing one another. And yeah, that I'll stop right there because I could go on for two hours with this topic, but this is not what this show is about. So I only I brought will, it up because uh, of the email exit. from Uber. <laughs> Wait a minute, Uber sent you an email yesterday. Holy fuck! About how they will not tolerate racism on their platform, and the end of the email said. Very simply, if you tolerate racism, delete Uber. Yeah, exactly. Very well said. They went on and talked about this whole website that is now out there with an organization that is trying to do something about the Stop Asian Hate which apparently I saw I think I saw something yesterday during my travel but again I don't read a whole lot but it's like I told the maid this morning what's next I don't know might as well fucking put a target on our goddamn asses here in the United States because you all come from different areas and you need to stop hating each other. And that's why I said, I said, what if one of these people fixed fixed your own computer? You don't know what these people do for a living. And it doesn't matter. We all don't need to be hating each other because of the color of our skin or our beliefs. We all need to love one another. And I'm not talking, you know, uh, nasty. I'm just saying be civil to one another. If you want to save 
your life, you better be civil to one another. Otherwise, it's, uh, I mean, hello. Don't wait for the next person to do something nice for someone of color or someone of, of a different uh, country. Like I said earlier, we're all from a different country in one way or the other, unless you were here when the Mayflower hit with Christopher Columbus or whoever the fuck, you know, discovered this country. If you were here in the beginning and you have lineage all the way back there, then fine. You're good. But most of us come from Thailand, Philippines, you know, uh, God help me here, Europe, everywhere. So if you're going to hate people because of the color of their skin or what they believe because it's different than what you do, y'all need to get a reality check because you might as well be hating on yourself. All right, end of my rant. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Thanks for calling. So, I mean, there's some good points here. The goal was not to to have it turn into a discussion, but the problem is, is that this could go into technology, and you don't know who you talk to who can actually help you in this field or any other field. So that that's all I'm going to say about it. I wasn't going to make it a, a very long discussion, but it's bothering me. And I've had enough. The security box, you are live on the air. Well, good, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it might be. Oh boy! I thought I would uh, pop in in the past year since it's been so long since I've been on. Uh, Good morning. And uh, oh, oops! Let me, let me turn my volume down here. Um, but well, um. There's a, maybe I should have waited till you said it was okay, but uh, I may not be listening later on. Um, there's You're some other things Go going ahead. on. Uh, so, um, well, I, the previous caller, uh, I will comment on this um, briefly. Um, I, I, I agree. I mean, after all, we did kick the Indians off of their land, so, you know, uh, we are just as guilty um, for the racism, in my opinion, but but that's all I would say on that. Yeah. Um, But um, moving on to security and other technology stuff. Now, I've been having some health problems once again. Uh, But uh, um, it's not COVID. Uh, I've actually had my first COVID shot, so I'm good there. Um, 
So, um, just my regular seasonal allergies and, 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 and migraines and, um, that kind of thing. So, um, but, uh, I, uh, I have, uh, um, as maybe Jared uh, has always said out here, I have, uh, I'm, I'm still behind in all the technology uh, in the security landscape of things. Um, I tell you, um, it, 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 it never ends. The evilness we have out there, people t- still taking advantage of the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, targeting people who, who cannot, uh, companies that cannot, uh, that does not have the money to accurately, um, defend themselves and keep themselves secure. Um, and I think that, uh, I don't know what the solution is to, you, you sit there one the group of people and another one pops up. Um, and, uh, oh, and I did, uh, I did call the corporate office, um, of the apartment, uh, building of which I live. Um, and of course nothing happened, um, to fix the security problems with the internet here, but I did reach out to them and, uh, and it was, Supposing they transfer to the proper people, which, like I said, nothing has been done so far, and that was less than a half ago. So, um, so I don't, I don't suspect that there will be anything that, uh, um, um. That they will do, um, and uh, um, to fix their insecurity. Um, as usual, my beliefs are they think I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, I get that a lot. He's a young punk that doesn't know anything. Um, but I know more than what people give me credit for. Um, well, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, they'll. Learn, you know and, what? They're going to uh, learn the hard way when 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 they get attacked with what I said way back when. Uh, they'll learn. 
and, you know, I, and I, and I said, well, the problem is if somebody conducts illegal activity on my Wi-Fi, um, that's going to come back on me. Um, of course, at the same time, there's ways they can check the IP address of the device and know that it's not me. But I just don't want the drama surrounding a situation like that. Um, so, um, and I did read an article, um, now you can could, you can could clear this up. I don't believe I completely understood it. Um, something about, uh, cookies, um, in the web browser. Um, you know a little bit more about that kind of thing, um, than I do. Um, you, you know the article I'm speaking of, don't you? Uh, Jared? Um, I've read so many of them. They all run together, huh? Um, I listened to an episode of the... No, it wasn't an article. It was an episode of the, uh, 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 Security Now. Um... Um, I'll have to look that episode up, um, and listen to it again. Um, but, uh, but they are being misused, uh, as other forms of technology is. Um, and, uh, and um, Android is still a disaster. Um, yeah, we're, I, I had been publishing the uh, vulnerability summaries, and uh, there, there were multiple, uh, there were like eight of them in one in, in, uh, that, that were patched both in the high and medium categories. Uh, and then you have uh, other disaster called Microsoft with Windows. Oh, I got another article from Krebs that's... We're probably going to have to cover it next week, but um, it is uh, more about that whole disaster with their corporate servers for email. Yeah, that 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 was a whole disaster, and you know, it, what bothers me about that whole thing is that they knew about it early, but yet they chose to wait until their regular scheduled patch uh, to fix it. That's something well, that's that should have been fixed, right? Well, that's not what they did. 
They didn't wait for one Patch Tuesday. They fixed it the week before March's Patch Tuesday. They should have had it fixed by February's Patch Tuesday. Even before that, I mean... But... Um, oh come on! They're I, such a large agency that they, you know, for them to deploy it properly, they got to get it into their well, platform and. Well, you, you you have a point there, but I, you know, I, I guess I have a, um, I guess I have a big problem with uh, big companies getting bigger and bigger, and then if something like this comes up. They, uh, they seem to me to drag their feet. Um, they did drag their maybe feet. You, they dragged um, their feet and only released the first week of March. And by, by that time, the bad actors were already doing their magic. Um, if there was any damage done. There was plenty um, of damage I done. I have I have an article on that that was just read yesterday by Krebs. Oh. Uh, so. Um. <laughs> if we have time, we will cover. Um, we will cover that article. Uh, today, but if not, we'll put a summary of it, and I plan to write it up later today. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, um. I mean, no, there's no company that uh, that's. Um, that's perfect, but uh, let's talk about Apple for a minute. Uh, I mean, they've had some security, uh, uh, their occasional security problems when they found out about them. They they fix them right away. And um, then they give us a security update. I just updated to 14 point what was it, 2, I think it was? It said 14.4.2 yesterday? I, I do believe that's the most recent one, yes. Um, so my phone gave that to me yesterday, so I updated it before I left yesterday. So, yeah, I think that, uh, four, yeah, 14.4.2. Um, so if you don't have that, if you have a Apple iPhone or um, I'm assuming the same update came out for iPad OS, OS, maybe TV OS too. I suggest uh, you uh, um, install that right away. Um, it has no new features. It's just security. Um, and <clears throat> but 
Um, they don't race when they are alerted to a problem. After that is, they right on top of it. And uh, the uh, one of the articles I read did say that they didn't think it was as serious. So that's why they didn't move on it. They uh, didn't Microsoft, say it was, they is. didn't think yeah, they didn't think it was serious. That's correct. Until um, the bad actors started going to work and then they said, Oh shit, we got a problem. And that's and uh, when they pushed out the patches. By then it was early March. And uh so I um I mean to to a certain degree I think Microsoft is trying but they they just not trying hard enough. Of course I'm just trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, but that's kinda of difficult to do when they have so many so many problems. Um I mean, how did Microsoft turn into such a disaster with Windows? I mean, how did they allow that to happen? I'm, I can understand Android's disasters, um, but how did that happen to Microsoft? Ask them when they built XP, because that's when it really got started. I think they need to wake up and do something different. I don't really know what that what that different thing they need to do is to fix their um you know but I think uh I mean, now I could understand a hospital, um, a doctor's office, or whatever, not being as secure as they should be, because that's stuff, no doubt. But the big company like Microsoft, but a big company, big companies like Google, Apple. Um, Google, um, are big enough. They have the funds to keep their customers safe. I mean, that really doesn't apply to Apple because Apple doesn't, in my opinion, Apple doesn't do good enough job at that. It's mainly Microsoft and Google that, uh, I'm, uh, I mean, Apple's not perfect by no means, but but the two disasters. Well, Microsoft gives us patches every month for the, stuff we don't hardly know about unless you read the Trend Micro articles, Michael. Do, but do you think they should do patches more than just once a month? I mean, no, no, because remember. In the corporate world, 
you have to find time to get those patches installed and you have to test them against the software that's used to make sure that it it uh, doesn't break so they'll download it onto a machine test it out and then they deploy it throughout the whole infrastructure if it works that's the problem yeah that it's not Microsoft. Microsoft's not the problem. It's the companies that use the soft this software that isn't compatible anymore, but they use it for their job and they don't upgrade that software. And who knows what bugs are in that piece of software that they're using? They don't upgrade their their uh, Windows. So when Windows 10 came out, they were all on 7 still. And now 7's not being supported and they're probably still on 7 running their legacy software because they can't upgrade their company to 10 because it'll break. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I look down too much on the big companies. Um, But it's all, you know, I got to take a look at the users, the the companies that uses the the software. Um, If they are uh, upgrading their operating system, they are part of the problem. You know, they, the the big companies can put out all the patches they want. They can do what you want, and they can release every week. And we can go through a Windows update cycle every week. That wouldn't bother me none. But what about those that have to install and make sure that it works with with the software they use and the uh, you know, I mean, we we talked about you know them getting into Target and these system, these POS systems, the point-of-sale systems, I found out, read somewhere, that they're running some version of XP that doesn't receive updates. That never received any updates. Because it's always running. If you take that offline yeah, um... and somebody's making a transaction... It fails. Uh, uh, it's uh, and you got ATM machines that still running on um, XP or. Uh, and we but, don't know what the ATM machines are running on, but we know that they're uh-huh. just as vulnerable to attack. Mm-hmm. And, and they can't be upgraded eight. because we don't know what software they're running and people are always going to get cash for one reason or another. And not everybody knows about this technology and understands it. You know, 
uh, I, I spoke about people who um, who told me they didn't care about security updates. Um, they and why they, should they? They, they hardly use anything. They they receive calls. They receive a few texts. They don't uh, download apps. They don't play they games. Going it, um, and you, 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 you done for. Uh, you know, uh, click on the email. You done. Click on the one link. Link. Um, um, you know. Just click on the wrong thing. You is aware because um, SMS. Uh, to to be honest with you, it it might it's a very it's just a constant here. Uh, um, uh. All right, we're getting, we're getting, we're you're getting choppy. So I don't know if it's us or if it's you. So we're we're gonna have to ask you to call back. Um, while we're waiting for that. Um, the main topic today, which we'll cover some of, is going to be DKIM, um, which is the Domain Keys um, um, Identified Mail aspect of things. <clears throat> um, Michael, you can call back if you want to finish this discussion, but... Um, you were becoming choppy, so I was having. We were having a hard time hearing you. Um, but the long of the, the long of the short of that is that you know the people who don't care about security aren't doing a whole lot. They don't have a whole lot of apps. So the security box. You are live on the air. My uh, phone decided to. Uh Hang up on this. Well, I I was we um, were you were becoming choppy, and we were getting like parts of speech anyway. Okay. Um, but, but the, the, what I was saying was, pe- you know, the people, you know, you're saying they don't care about security. Well, why should they? They don't, you know, download very many apps. They don't do a whole lot. They. You know, look at email. They do some texts and mainly mainly use it for phone calls. Why should they care about security? <clears throat> yeah, but if you have any internet connected device, um, anything connected to, um, especially a public Wi-Fi connection, that's when you're at the at the most high risk of uh, being uh, taken. 
because but they don't probably the, but those people don't don't connect to every Wi-Fi connection you and I do. I'll I'll go to Starbucks to connect to their Wi-Fi just to get off the data, but I'm not doing anything. <coughs> I may go over there and buy something, but I'm doing it on their own connection using their own app. Uh, but uh, I I think that. Uh, but those those types of people aren't doing going around doing that. No, they don't even know how to get it connected to their own Wi-Fi, let alone anything else. Um, my my poor mom is one of those that doesn't uh, doesn't exactly know how to connect. Connect to the passage, the Wi-Fi. That's my point. But, uh, Why should they care about security and, uh, when they can't do much of anything with it? Well, now my mom is a unique story. She leaves all the technology up to me. Um, but that's not the that's not the case in every situation. Um, but uh, and. Uh, I uh, I just bought my stepdad a new new um, new Android phone. Now he does is uh, phone calls. So to him, security wouldn't matter anyway. Um, it's not even connected to Wi-Fi. Or I turned off mobile data, so he's safe. Um, but. Uh, I, I just think I just think that uh, even if you don't um, before you know it um, people will be trying to get into you I mean this would be more difficult to do but it, it wouldn't surprise me if it doesn't eventually come to pass I hope it never does but somebody finds a way to come uh, to, 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 to get in with, you know, we're moving to a mobile connection, uh, mobile data connection. And before you know it, uh, it won't surprise me as smart as the bad guys are getting if they figure out a way to um, spy. Um, um, <coughs> on most on the customers' um, stuff. Yeah, well, <clears throat> yesterday I was listening to podcasts, traveling to Pasadena. They can spy on me. I hardly did anything on the network. I used my you know transit app to get me where I was going. That was it. If they want to spy on me for that, great. Go for it. But my 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 concerns would be if they can spy on you, they can practically take over your phone. I mean, um, if they're smart enough to do so. Yeah, I don't um, think they they can't do that without physical access. Or you clicking on some link. 
So they can't do that over the mobile network. At least I don't. I don't think. I would hope. I mean, I would hope not. But <clears throat> we really don't know how the phone companies keep their stuff up to date either. Um, I'm not saying this stuff um, is happening. I'm just saying that it wouldn't surprise me if there were today um, that. Um, that this happens um, with the way with the new attacks that we have out in the world today um, security experts can't keep up with everything there seems to be more bad guys than there is the honest that can uh Research and hopefully do as much they can as they can to stop the uh, happenings, like Sullivan's, um, um Well, that was that earlier, was a disaster among itself because <clears throat> I mean, Solar Winds itself didn't even know there was any problem until it broke in December of 2020 and the guys were in that network for a year already I think that um, I don't hey um, I believe that uh, that they they need to what in the um oh sound I'm not used to throw me off there for a second um I am that my all of the coaches all of the coaches at Tierra were using that tone and uh it drove me nuts like it was all over that campus Quite obviously, quite a number of them has an Android phone because that's what that was. Um, but I, that's, that's probably I, what they were using. Yeah, totally. Um, but I, I, I believe that there needs to be, um, you know, Leo, uh, talks about, uh, a defiance that um, that uh, that you can connect to your network um, that will notify you um, I don't remember what it's called now um, but it, you can you can make it seem as it's um You know, um, you can make it seem like uh, it's something else, but when somebody actually tries to log into it, you would get a notification. But then, I think if more companies use something like that, 
a lot of the uh, security problems we had. Um, I wish I could remember what. I think it's one of the sponsors. Uh, it is one of the sponsors, but my the, uh, I'm not thinking of the name at the moment, but um, it's expensive. It's very, very expensive for that product. It's not cheap. And so that's why... No. That's why most companies won't go for a product like that because it's 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 hugely expensive. Yeah. But, but I I think that uh, um that it would be um. Um, a good thing, but of course, a lot of the, you can't expect a lot of the smaller companies. Um, you know, hospitals don't make a whole lot of money anyway. Um, and they are the most vulnerable um, target. Um, out there, Medic the medical, the two of the most vulnerable areas is the electricity grid um, and medical. Well, the electric grid's um, already being worked on. They they um, they have been. You know, the, the, I forget the name of the company, but they were asking. You know, the there's like this agency out there that's asking all of the electric companies what assets they have and what might be, you know, their problems, so that they can help them get. Um, it was covered in a Trend Micro article um, about the electric grid and some electric agency who oversees everybody you know asking them what they plan to do to prevent a solar winds type attack and so um, um, there's a company out there already doing that I just forget the name well, of it that's a good start uh, um, and uh so I, I think that I think um, I are continuously working on trying to put the the brakes on the bad gas. We got to show the bad people um, um, that hey, we're in business. Of um, course, right now they have the upper hand on us the good people because they are staying ahead of us because they 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 have the means to keep up and and a lot of the people they are attacking does not have the uh, financial means to secure their systems 
and that, that's sad that they would take advantage of that. Well, but and some of these and some of these actors the are state sponsored, as you know. So, right. yeah. you know, that that gives them the motivation they need to go about causing as much havoc as they can. But uh, I am. Um, oh, there's still a lot of work to do, and I, I uh, you know, um, I think uh, I think that uh, I think uh, any government systems should be the top notch um, um, there should be no time was in some of the government systems affected by the solar winds yep um, bridge yep but it wasn't just government I, Michael it? it wasn't just government that had solar winds all kinds of companies had some form of solar winds. All kinds. Mm. All kinds. I mean, read read the articles on them. There's plenty of them through CyberScoop. They'll tell you it's not. It wasn't just government. I linked to four of them in one show notes um, link. You know, one show notes episode. But I, I think that uh, our goal is to educate the listeners on what they should do. And if you're using old old software, you have you have the financial means to grade. Um, um, I would suggest doing so. Um, you know, Windows XP, Vista Seven. Um, um, eight, uh, eight, yeah. Um, you know, all uh, out of date, not being supported. Um, some older phones, I respect for other. Respective companies, whether it's Apple or, or Android, um, so you know I I know all this technology is expensive, but uh, if you have the means to up, upgrade, I have suggest doing so to continue to uh, enjoy. Um, be part of the internet community because the minute you connect any device to the internet then that device if it's not been um um 
updated um, then you are at risk the minute you hit that connect button Letting the pause there for a reason. Oh, okay. Um, but I, 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 um, I think that, uh, that I've, uh, rambled on long enough, um, and, uh, if you wish to reach out to me, you can do so at micro.tech at phone talk.me. Um, this is reach me at. Um, the, I, uh, and, uh, the blog, the, uh, the blog is at uh, phone talk.me. Um, and uh, I need to get caught up. Uh, um, and again, until the next time, I am out of here. See you later. Thanks for calling. Not a problem. <laughs> Well, we are behind. Uh, I wasn't actually expecting that. But I had a reason to start the show the way that I did, which turned into a call, which was fine. And then Michael decided to show up, and that's fine, too. Well, folks... Let's cover a little a little bit of domain keys identified mail, which is DKIM, which is supposed to help with the verification of email. You can have server settings in place to be able to. Um, validate the mail and what happened with us here on at the Jared Reimer Network was that for a number of months we were getting some email and not others um, I would get personal email for example from somebody yet they sent an email to the listeners list at the mix and it wasn't getting anywhere. And it became a, a, a complete problem. And while I wanted to cover a lot of DKIM today, we'll cover the introductory stuff today. And if we have more time 
later in the program we will go ahead and cover more of it but it, it turned out that there are settings where if the domain keys don't match <clears throat> or the signature doesn't match you can set the server to reject it now you could get personal mail but a mailman seemed to be having a problem with the way that it worked and the way to fix that was that they they set our accounts anyway or at least that server to fail but deliver the mail and you can have it fail but you know discard it and so that was the long of the short of a several month investigation because I kept looking at settings and I could, couldn't figure out what was going on and finally I saw an email at Menvi's email list and I'm like huh this is strange and then um, long story short I emailed again and said I opened a ticket in, in December with no response responded to it again in January no response so I don't know what was going on but the long and the short of it is is we've gotten it fixed and it was because of this ordeal we're going to read from the uh, Wikipedia page the free encyclopedia domain keys identified mail DKIM is an email authentication method designed to detect forged sender addresses in email email spoofing and uh So, the technique, um, often used in phishing and email spam, is something that's interesting because, uh, The email spam spoofs addresses. I saw spam coming from an address at White Cane Travel that isn't even a valid email address. You know, they would fill out my forms and put in an address that doesn't exist on my domain. But yet, if they tried that, you 
In other places, their mail wouldn't get through. Now, DKIM allows the receiver to check that an email claimed to have come from a specific domain was indeed authorized by the owner of that domain. It achieves this by affixing a digital signature linked to domain name to each outgoing email message. The recipient system, such as ours, <coughs> can verify this by looking up the sender's public key published in the DNS. So the domain name system is part of this. A valid signature also guarantees that some parts of the email, possibly including attachments, have not been modified since the signature was defixed. Usually, DKIM signatures are not visible to end users and are affixed or verified by the infrastructure rather than the messages, authors, and recipients. DKIM is an internet standard. It is defined in RFC 6376 dated September 2011 with updates in RFC 8301 and 8463. And you could go look those up. So that's the introduction. So, because of the time constraints we have, we're not going to be able to cover a whole lot of DKIM today. So, DKIM is going to be covered more if we have more time but we should probably move along to our next segments unless there are any questions about this be uh, this beginning aspect of this because uh, we do have a very interesting segment dealing with Security Predictions 2021, and it goes into the uh, actors and what they might end up doing this next year. It's quite fascinating how some of this is true and some of it may not come to pass. But what was interesting about it was that it was a 40-minute video this time instead of written. I don't know who at Trend Micro did it, but I thought it would be a nice lunchtime discussion for people to listen to. And then we can talk about it. Now, my main topic today was going to be DKIM, but, you know, the show, 
can change, and it did a little bit, mainly because of my irritation with what I've been hearing, and I wanted to talk about it because of who people are that can come in and do the job that you need for your own technology needs. And then Michael wanted to call in and and talk, so, you know, that's how the show's going to go. So, uh, I think what we'll do is we'll play a little bit of... Well, we're actually going to play the entire thing of... Turning the Tides, Security Predictions 2021 for the next 40 minutes. And then we will come back with uh, more security box stuff. I've got uh, Firefox news in regards to Firefox 87. Speaking of updating stuff, and then we've also got a news notes segment to get to, so the program's not going anywhere, and maybe if we've got time, we'll do some of the overview on DKIM. I I, I didn't read this verbatim yet. <clears throat> I understand the technology and how it's supposed to work, but some of this I may not know. So we're going to do a lot of learning together. It's 12.13 broadcasting time here on the Independent Artist Channel of 98.6 The Mix. I'm Jared Reimer. You've got the security box. Let's keep going. Here's Security Predictions 2021. Here's Trend Micro. Uh, Today, we're going to share with you a number of the predictions that we have made for this year, 2021. Um, I'm not going over all of the the, uh, predictions that are in our report, uh, uh, and I don't go in as much detail as they do in the report. So if you want more information and to see some of the other predictions, which don't necessarily tie to um, the commercial audience, uh, people that are in business, um, we we try to add predictions across a lot of the different areas of our business. Um, so we tend to have some consumer predictions. We, in this case, there were some around some government and, and uh, vaccinations and things like that. But uh, before we get started, I do want to share a quick story, um, kind of a uh, uh, PSA. Uh, you'll notice I'm wearing a hat. I normally don't wear a hat as a speaker. I'm, I try to be a little bit more formal. But um, the reason I'm wearing this hat is uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had an appointment with a dermatologist uh, for a skin issue I was having. And during that that, uh, session with him, I I asked him about a little spot that I had on the top of my head that had been bothering me a little bit. And so he took a look at it, um, decided to take a sample, and it turned out to be basal cell carcinoma. And if you're not familiar with what that is, it's, it's a form of skin cancer, uh, which is the, the um, most cancer that is found in people in the U.S. Uh, every year. 
Uh, the good news is that this type of cancer is not real bad. It doesn't spread. It's not like some of the others. It's isolated to each of the areas. Um, but luckily, I had it checked, um, I had, and I had it removed. So that's why I had the hat, because I got a big big scar with a bunch of um, stitches in it right now. And you don't need to see me looking like Frankenstein right now. But I do want to say, if you are an older person in the U.S. and you've done a lot of time outdoors, uh, I definitely recommend you go see a dermatologist. I've seen, I've seen my, uh, been seeing my regular uh, doctor for years, and he kept looking at it. He, you know, he, he froze it at one point, and he was like, "Yeah, just keep your eye on it." Well, I finally went to a specialist, a dermatologist, and he actually diagnosed it that it was actually basal cell carcinoma. So. Uh, I do recommend everybody go see their their dermat a dermatologist and get a skin check. I actually went back and had a full body check, which I had never done before. And being 56, I probably should have had it before. But luckily, good news, I'm I'm pretty much clean across the rest of my body. So, um, so that's just a quick PSA uh, and what the reason why I'm wearing a hat. Uh, so let's get into the actual predictions now. Um, so the the first prediction. And, and before we get started, one of the things I did, we did want to do is I believe we sent some surveys out to you all and uh, asked you about what security concerns that you have um, going into this year and, and going through the year. And this is what you guys, uh, you all kind of shared with us. So phishing and ransomware, uh, work from home, BYOD security risks, returning to the workplace with, with compromised devices, hackers and insider threats, cloud security, solar winds came up. And the good news is um, you're gonna see through the, the rest of this session is that most of our predictions are actually covering these topics. So we're all on the, on the same mind, uh, frame of mind, it looks like. We're all on the same, same path. Um, so that's good news. I think everybody's thinking about the same thing. So let's, uh, let's go to the first prediction here which is um, threat actors will turn home offices into their new criminal hubs. So this is something that we have been talking about for a little while now uh, in that with obviously with the pandemic um, last year, uh, we had a lot of our employees ended up shifting to their home offices. You'll notice my home office, I've actually been working out of my home office for 20 years now. Um, and so I'm very used to home office and, and looking at home office and dealing with home office issues. But a lot of these employees that, call, that, that are now dealing with and working out of their homes just are not, maybe not be prepared as well as we'd like them to be. Um, one of the things we have seen from the, uh, the malicious actors out there is they have been targeting home routers as the initial prime target within a home network. And a couple of reasons for that. One, they are finding that a lot of these, these home routers are, are not well secured. Um, they're also, obviously, they're the hub. Uh, they're the gateway into and out of the home office. They have access and can see visibility uh, of all the devices in the network, typically. 
Uh, and so these, these are prized possessions for the malicious actors. And in fact, we published a report recently about uh, what we call botnet wars, where the botnet operators have been targeting home routers and actually kicking other malicious actors off of the home router when they, they get into a new router. They look for activity of, of other actor groups, and if they find them, they will remove them, they'll delete them off, and then they'll take it over. And there's this war going on for as many home routers as possible. Another factor that we're going to see this year is the is more targeted approaches to the home network attacks and and looking at actual the types of employees that are in the home networks. So and 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 they're going to look for people who are in finance so that they can kick off business email compromise attacks or or other types of uh, financial based attacks. They're going to look for your HR. Uh, employees because they may want to look to steal PII data of your employees if they're dealing with uh, local data. Um, they may even look for administrators because they're, they're a prime target, as well as executives. Executives are a big prize right now. Um, we're going to see, and part of this is, is what we talk about uh, a concept called access as a service, which is a, an area that is being a, a service that's being sold in the underground quite extensively now where we're starting to, to witness them actually groups that are saying, you need, a, you need access to executives? Here, I've got X, Y, and Z uh, executives from these businesses uh, you, that you can get access to. I'll sell you that access, or I have access to HR employees or, or financial employees, et cetera. So that's gonna be a challenge um, as we continue through, uh, at least through mid-year, I would say, maybe even through all of this year, with uh, continuing work from home uh, uh, there. The other aspect is when they do get into the network, we're gonna see more worms launched. And, and the reason a worm is gonna be launched is a worm's uh, uh, motive is actually to infect as many systems on that network as possible in as quickly a, a period of time as possible. So a worm, worm, introducing a worm can allow them to actually infiltrate that entire network as quickly as possible. Then they have access and they can do what they want. Part of our smart home network, uh, which is a device that sits in, in home networks across the world, uh, and what we've been gathering the intelligence around. Last year, I think we ended up seeing about 3.8 billion events uh, into and out of, of home networks across the world. And the majority of the time, what we're seeing are brute force uh, login attacks. We're seeing a lot of wanna cry, um, a lot of uh, credential theft type of activities, as well as the botnets where they're utilizing these devices to, uh, to send attacks out or to do denial of services out, uh, attacks outside. So uh, certainly home offices are gonna be, continue to be a challenge for you. Um, what I would recommend is to uh, educate your employees for sure on how to secure their routers. We have a lot of information on our website on how to do that, that you could share with them, um, you know, in terms of, of securing that router as much as possible, uh, maybe even separating out the, the, the network uh, from the home network versus the actual network uh, and the devices they're using for uh, work. That's another thing. Um, and then also recommending maybe some, some other security tools that they could implement. Obviously, you don't have access to that network, and it makes it difficult. You can't go and install a firewall. You can't go and install an IPS because it's their home network, so they're going to have to do it. So, But education is probably the biggest key here. 
Uh, next one, the COVID-19 pandemic will upend cybersecurity priorities as it proves to be a fertile ground for malicious campaigns. So um, the, the pandemic has been a boon for um, cyber criminals and malicious actors who have always taken advantage of the news, the latest news that's out there. With, with the pandemic, every week brought new news, whether it was how many deaths, how many cases, how many you know uh, new vaccines, new cures, new things that you can do to prevent it. All of those things are being used in socially engineered attacks. Um, they may have had, you know, that we saw lots of phishing emails, um, spam emails going into organizations saying, here's uh, information about the, your, the, the, um, the business's COVID plan, those kind of things that are going to happen. And this year, we're going to see more of it around vaccines. Obviously, vaccinations is the biggest thing going on right now. So you're going to see your employees getting um, emails from, from these criminals about you know, the latest vaccine, the latest information about getting a vaccine. I have actually was following somebody on Twitter who got a tweet that asked them to log into a, um, a registration page to uh, schedule their vaccination. And they actually, in the, 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 the phishing page, ended up having their name, their, so, uh, not their social, but their name, their address, their phone number, their mother's maiden name, all of that had to be inputted and then you click and it came up and said, oh, by the way, you pay, you need to pay to get the, uh, to schedule it. And that's when that person realized that this was a phishing campaign. Unfortunately, after they had clicked, all of that PII data is now in the hands of those criminals. So those are the kind of things we're gonna see. Vaccine manufacturers certainly are gonna be targeted tremendously, uh, potentially by nation state actors, potentially by um, competitors, who knows, but they are definitely gonna be in the crosshairs as well. Um, some of the things that you can think about here uh, in terms of protecting your employees is first and foremost, um, have a, a COVID-19 pandemic plan for your business, how are you going to communicate that information to your employees? Make sure they know that if an, an email comes from you from them, if they receive an email from you, how, what is it going to look like? How is it going to have information in it? All that kind of stuff. So if they get something that's slightly different or very different, they know it's probably a scam. Um, uh, and then uh, obviously the other aspect is just to train them on socially engineered attacks in general how these phishing emails are comprised, how they are, how are they set up, how do they attack them. Maybe looking at um, phishing campaigns, potentially uh, uh, simulations, if you have that capability uh, to help in the training process as well. Uh, the next one is attackers will quickly weaponize newly disclosed vulnerabilities, leaving users with a narrow window for patching. So, our zero day initiative, which is our, our own bug bounty program that's been around since 2005, they receive bugs from over, there's a community of about 10,000 researchers out there in the world that submit bugs to them. We take those bugs, we verify the bugs, and then we work with the Z, ZDI group, works with those manufacturers like Microsoft, like Adobe, uh, like Oracle, whoever it might be, and we work with them to help them understand what the bug is, make sure they get all the appropriate information that they, so that allows them to actually create a patch. And then we will hold that information until that patch is published. Uh, unless the, the organization decides not to patch, uh, we still will uh, publish that. 
but these uh, we call these end day vulnerabilities, which are vulnerabilities that have a patch out there. Uh, but then the the window of time that we're seeing from patch to an exploit, that window is shrinking pretty tremendously. Uh, and these end day vulnerabilities still work very well in, in attacks. Um, if you look at a lot of the, the attacks that we have seen over the years, I mean, vulnerabilities that are, have been patched, you know, 30, 60, 90, even the year um, are still effective. If you look at the exploit kits that are out there that are being used, we're still seeing exploits from 2018, 2019 being utilized in those, in those uh, exploit kits. And again, it's because they work. Another aspect that, that we are starting to see is a, is a pop-up of the uh, what we call marketplaces that uh, are cropping up for the buying and selling of exploits themselves. So in the underground, we're seeing people that have the skills to develop exploits. And a lot of times it's from the proof of concepts that are published in many cases with the uh, published uh, vulnerability. You see POCs popping up all the time. They'll take that information, they'll, they'll turn it around into an exploit, and they're starting to sell those exploits um, to uh, other criminal groups out there who wanna use it in their attacks. We're also gonna start seeing customized versions of these marketplaces. So an example would be if the, you know, there are marketplaces popping up specifically for uh, Microsoft applications, Microsoft operating systems. So if I need a Teams vulnerability or I need a Zoom vulnerability, there is a marketplace out there that has uh, exploits for those specific applications. And we'll see more and more of that, uh, these cropping up in the underground as these criminals realize and they utilize these uh, these exploits in their attacks. And they're gonna continue to be utilized. Again, things you can think about here in this case in terms of defending uh, patch, obviously. Um, if, you're looking, if you're looking at what to patch, I would recommend um, Kenna Security has done some fabulous work and some reports out there that um, give you some information about what, to, how to build your patch management and what what vulnerabilities you should actually take um, take care of first and foremost. But you know, in general, you want to look at vulnerabilities that are um, that affect you, right? So there's a lot of applications and operating systems that you don't use. You don't need to worry about those. But if you do use them, you want to then look at are there proof of concepts uh, available uh, in the public for those uh, for those vulnerabilities? Are there actual in the wild exploits uh, propagating and actual attacks utilizing those vulnerabilities? Those two components are ones that you really want to take make sure that you uh, take advantage of and patch as quickly as possible. If you don't have that capability, virtual patching using an IPS, like a host-based IPS or a network-based IPS technology can do wonders for you where it will virtually patch for those for any exploits targeting those systems. And it can, and it can allow you then to take your time in testing the patch, making sure it works in your environment, doesn't cause any adverse um, effects on your systems and, and applications. So, uh, and then you can roll it out at your leisure because you're, you're, you know that you have a virtual patch in place already to protect you. Uh, the next uh, one we have is exposed APIs will be the next favorite attack vector for enterprise breaches. So if you are, um, 
uh, building any cloud infrastructures uh, and cloud environments, you probably are running into a lot of using APIs. APIs are kind of that glue that that glues the different applications, different data that are um, are used in these environments. And APIs are probably the biggest use uh, in cloud environments today. The challenge we have, and our researchers have analyzed a lot of the APIs that are out there, is that security is not uh, a big part of those APIs. Uh, and the people who are developing APIs just are not building security into them as quickly as they should be. Um, and so the criminals are starting to realize this and we're starting to actually see attacks that are, um, that are attacking open API. So what happens in this case is they will do a scan of the internet looking for an open IP. They find an open IP. It happens to be a, uh, in, within a cloud infrastructure that somebody likely misconfigured uh, and they have access to it. They have access to that API and they can, they can exploit that API in that case to gain access to that um, system or that network. And so uh, they also are very easy to, to, I, to discover out there as well. So if you're an organization that is utilizing a lot of APIs or you're starting to use APIs, uh, the recommendation would be really to talk to your, your cloud security vendor, talk to your security vendor, make sure they have technologies that can help you in this case to maybe protect against uh, an open API. Um, the other aspect is if you are developing APIs for your customers, uh, make sure you start building security in from the beginning of the of the uh, development lifecycle, and that you have secured your own API. So uh, for your customers, because um, I don't think this will be widespread use in in 21, but certainly where it will be utilized in most cases is if the attackers aren't able to infiltrate your organization through some of the more traditional methods like a phishing email or of um, a vulnerability or targeting a, a web server or something that gives them access to your network and they realize that you do have a cloud infrastructure, they will then pivot and utilize any exposed APIs that they find against you. So uh, this is going to be an up and coming area uh, that we will see in 21 grow uh, as the cloud infrastructures grow as well out there. Uh, one more here is enterprise software and cloud applications will be hounded by critical class bugs. Uh, so um, the actors out there realize that uh, organizations are utilizing these key business applications now more than ever, especially the collaboration, Office 365, Teams, SharePoint, Zoom, um, uh, Slack, all of those are starting to be targeted we also, through our zero day initiative group, are starting to see more and more bugs being submitted for these um, enterprise class applications. And one of the things that is um, concerning us is the number of critical severity and high severity bugs that they are actually finding and submitting to us. So we're seeing more and more of these being dis, um, uh, disclosed which means again, that window of opportunity from the time it's been, a patch is, made, is disclosed and a, a, an exploit is developed and you have patched, that window is shrinking all the time. Um, the other aspect, and we actually published a report recently called the cloud of logs, is a lot of logs and data now is shifting to into the cloud. 
So you're seeing a lot more of these S3 buckets and cloud, uh, uh, cloud um, uh, buckets that are uh, hosting data and holding data and storing data for organizations. These are, um, uh, in a lot of cases, again, what our researchers found in their scanning of the net of the internet is open uh, open IPs that are that are hosting these um, these logs in the cloud, and they are easily available, easily compromised, and um, readable by anybody from the outside in. And so the challenge again here, in the majority of the time, it's it's a misconfiguration of those of those cloud buckets and. That is going to be continue to be a challenge for organizations. The cloud is really new to a lot of businesses. A lot of the uh, people who are um, tasked at architecting and deploying those cloud infrastructures may not have the resources nor the education or training on how to secure. Um, also, you know, if you think about, um, you know, last year I think they are about I think the the four major cloud vendors. Um, Publish 5,000 new features in their cloud infrastructures. That's 5,000 new things that people potentially have to learn. And um, that's a challenge. So misconfigurations are going to continue to abound, abound uh, in cloud infrastructures. So um, looking at uh, technology that can potentially help you um, eliminate misconfigurations. Or if you can reconfigure something, you could get an alert that says that pops up that says, this is a risk. You're, you're shifting into a risk, more risky um, uh, configuration model uh, than you had before. You might want to take a look at it. One other um, quick uh, uh, prediction that we are making as part of our cloud predictions is that zero data breaches are going to be due to the cloud providers uh, fault, meaning AWS, Amazon, Google, the main cloud providers today, their infrastructures will be secure. They will make sure they are secure. The challenge is going to come is, is if a breach does occur, it is likely going to be due to a misconfiguration on the part of the, the user and the organization that is, that is uh, supporting that shared responsibility model. Um, now they may have an outage, which we saw recently with AWS. But um, the outage, that outage, didn't cause any kind of a breach. Um, and in most cases, again, and in almost all cases this year, uh, if a if there is a breach of a cloud infrastructure, it will be due to not due to the cloud provider's uh, fault. So some of the things you can do here, um, first and foremost, again, talk to your cloud pro uh, security provider. Um, especially at the beginning, uh, as you're starting to even think about taking, you know, moving to the cloud, uh, because those cloud security uh, vendors um, can help you implement the right um, capabilities. You know, they, if they have a platform uh, that can support you across all the different areas of a cloud, whether it's network security, data protection, um, workload security, application security, DevOps, containers, et cetera, uh, that can also help because you can have a single pane of glass that in view of all of your cloud infrastructure. So um, I wanted to give you two bonus predictions that we don't have in our predictions report, but I kind of have come up with because again, you know, based on the information you guys provided us in the survey and others in the past have provided us, I wanted to give you two predictions uh, around um, 
ransomware and, and nation states. So the first one is on ransomware. Extortion attacks, including ransomware, will continue to plague organizations of all sizes. The tactics that the um, that the malicious actors and the groups behind ransomware really shifted over the last year uh, and, and maybe two years, and they will continue to evolve their um, their tactics as we build better and better uh, uh, protections against the ransomware attack itself. Um, we've seen much more targeted approach much more, a lot more lateral movement, east that east-west traffic. So no longer are you seeing the initial infection into your organization, which is usually through an employee. They're not gonna drop ransomware on that employee system. They're gonna then use that to let that system to laterally move across the network to the business critical systems. The reason is those business critical systems that may run your day-to-day -day operations are what they're after because if they can take those down or they have critical data that they can expose or take advantage of or lock, um, you're much more likely to pay the ransom. Ransoms are, are rising significantly. You know, Just a couple of years ago, the average ransom was in the couple thousand dollars. Now it's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it's kind of crazy. This attacks as a service um, that's going that is allowing gangs to work together is is thriving. So what that means is the ransomware actor isn't actually the, the actor group that that infects your your initially compromises your organization. That's a different group that does that. They specialize in that. Then they sell access to the ransomware group. The other tactic that they're saying is the is the payer publish model, which is instead of, of first and foremost. Um, uh, encrypting your files and get, giving you no access to those files, they're going to steal that data first. And then if you have the capability of, of quickly backing up and quickly re rebuilding your, your infrastructure after a ransomware attack, they will come back to you and say, because you're not going to pay the ransom in that case, they'll come back and say, hey, we, we stole a bunch of data. Um, so either pay us or we're going to publish it on the on the open internet or to your competitors or whatever. So that's going to continue to be a challenge. So ransomware and extortion attacks are going to continue to thrive. Um, we think they're going to definitely target specific organizations, especially those that have shown um, uh, a challenge with dealing with ransomware attacks. So government agencies, healthcare communities, um, those kind of organizations, manufacturing. They're also going to start looking at going after OT networks, we think, in 21, um, because the OT network tends to be less secure, uh, potentially, and, and a, a lot of the systems in there are mission critical. And so if they can bring down an OT network, uh, the likelihood that an organization is going to pay to get those back online is pretty high. Uh, so that's another area you want to look at. Obviously, dealing with ransomware, a couple of things. Um, you really want to pay attention to uh, what we call early warning stage ransomware um, uh, attacks or, or early warning malware. So in a lot of cases, you're going to see certain malware families that are a precursor to an actual ransomware droppage. So an example of this would be Emotet typically started off uh, and then you saw TrickBot uh, be deployed, and then you saw Cobalt Strike be deployed, and then ultimately you would see RIUC uh, be deployed, the RIUC ran ransomware. If you see any of those early warning malwares be detected, in many cases in the past, organizations just said, ah, we caught a malware, no big deal. 
the likelihood now that that is a precursor to a, a full infection is pretty high. And so you definitely want to start paying attention to some of the malwares that you see. There's some papers out there and some uh, articles out there on, on some of these uh, ransomware gangs and what the pre-stage uh, malware you're going to see. I'd suggest getting familiar with those so that you can identify that. Another thing is, is they are definitely going after your admin credentials, uh, your domain controller admin credentials. So hardening up your administrator credentials using MFA or 2FA, some, um, some way to harden those, those accounts up. You absolutely have to do that now more than ever, because if they can get access to those accounts, uh, we, as we have seen in the past, they're able to do a lot of damage at that case. All right, the last prediction before we talk a little bit about um, some of the ideas on what you can do to prevent it, uh, nation state tactics will be widely adopted by cyber criminals. So you guys mentioned solar winds earlier in your concerns and nation state actors in your concerns. The, the challenge we all have with nation state um, uh, actors is they are very sophisticated. They are very well funded. They are difficult to identify. You can, you saw it with solar winds, right? That nation state was able to get penetrate a numerous, numerous organizations and stay resident for months on end until it was finally disclosed. We still probably see a lot of their, um, their footprints inside these organizations' networks. They are just lying dormant and waiting to take, a, take some action. But the thing is, is that all of this information, because it's in the news, comes to the attention of cyber criminals. And they recognize that the tactics used by nation state actors is very successful. And so they will start adopting these tactics in their own uh, efforts, in their own campaigns. So one of the things we're seeing for sure is the extensive intelligence gathering they're doing before an attack. And what these actors are starting to do now is even bef before they even launch an attack, they figure out who are they gonna target? Who is their victim? Why am I targeting this organization? What is my motive for targeting this organization? Is it a, uh, a profit generator for me? Uh, is it a um, destructive attack? Is it a, uh, um, some other type of attack? So they're gonna come up with the, you know, why they wanna attack it. Where do they wanna attack the organization? How they wanna attack the organization? even when they want to attack it, because certain times a day, they're, gonna, they're finding that their attacks are much more successful. They will have all of that information up front. They will realize it up front. They will know how to attack you, where to attack you, who to attack. Um, you know, when the who, it's also who inside the organization should I attack? Am I going after executives? Am I going after finance? Am I going after HR? Am I going after your domain controllers? Am I uh, credentials theft? Um, you know, all of that's going to be known up front before they even launch the attack. So as an organization, you need to think about that as well. Think about turn yourself into a, into a hacker or turn a cyber criminal and think about how they would attack you. Um, collaboration between groups. I talked about that attacks as a service. Um, that is going to continue to be very successful. Um, think about that the, the underground now is going into their own supply chain attack model, meaning everybody's going to have their own expertise and they're going to all come together to launch an attack. Everybody will do something different because they're an expert at it, but they will all reap the benefits of that attack. 
Anti-forensics is going to be used extensively. If you looked at that, Microsoft recently published a, a whole article about all the anti-forensics that were utilized in the attack against them by these nation state and the solar winds. Um, and that was extensive. So we will start seeing more and more of these anti-forensic uh, tactics being used in the attacks as well. Uh, attacks are going to cross many areas of your network. No longer are you going to see an attack start and end at the end at your endpoint or at your employee's endpoint. These attacks inevitably are going to start somewhere, but then move across to your entire network. It's going to go into your. Uh, it's going to go through messaging. It's going to go through the web. It's going to go through your network. It's going to go into your data center. It's going to go into your cloud infrastructure. All of these areas are going to are going to now be touched by a single campaign against your organization. As such, you need to build much better visibility across all of the different areas. Many different groups manage all those different areas of your organization. And if they are not collaborating together now, uh, it's gonna be much harder for you to identify an attack. Um, island hopping is gonna increase. And, and if you're not familiar with that term, it just means it's, it's like a supply chain attack meaning I'm gonna target a, a, a different organization, um, not, the, not the primary victim. I'm gonna go after their supply chain. I'm gonna go after their HVAC vendor. I'm gonna go after one of the, a vendor who has access to their network. And I'm gonna use that to pivot into the primary uh, uh, victim's network. So that's gonna increase as well. So some of the things you can do here, obviously um, build that layered security model uh, improve it with more of the advanced uh, uh, detection technologies, the use of AI, machine learning, um, all of those can help. Also look more maybe to an XDR or a cross, um, uh, a cross uh, EDR uh, technology. Um, also your SOC, you need much better visibility in your SOC. So maybe a threat detection or a threat hunting platform that can allow you to see that as well as bring all of the different areas, all the different layers together and communicating together. All right, how to minimize risks. Uh, I gotta go through this quick because I know I'm running out of time here, but um, this, is, this came from the 2019 Verizon data breach report. If anybody read that, there was a, a, a um, a section in the back of it that was from the United States Secret Service, who had interviewed a, a number of the actors, uh, hackers that they had arrested, and they asked them, how did you get into an organization, and how did you maintain persistence inside an organization? And it really came down to three things that you need to think about as an organization. First is human error. How can you minimize the human error inside your organization? Again, educating your employees, educating and training your cloud architects, your cloud uh, infrastructure folks, um, so that they don't have human errors, misconfigurations, clicking on a link or, a, or opening up an, an email that they shouldn't be. So that human error was one. IT security complacency. How can I improve my patch management? How can I improve my ability to update my, my security solutions to the latest and greatest? How can I make sure I have implemented all the latest and greatest advanced detection technologies? And then lastly, technical deficiencies. If I have technical deficiencies in my, in my solution stack, um, these three things are what they look for in, uh, prior to um, targeting an organization. And if they found any one of these, but more likely, you can see in the quote here, 
If they find multiple of these available to them in an organization, they knew they had access and they could maintain access. One actor mentioned to them that they had maintained access to a Fortune 500 network for over 10 years uh, because they looked at this, they utilized these three areas to maintain that persistence. All right, some commonalities that we see in attacks against our customers. So these come from customer interactions when, when a customer calls our support organization and says, hey, we've been, we've been um, compromised. Some things that we have seen uh, as the cause, weak credentials, first and foremost. They were able to steal the credentials and get access to administrative credentials. That allowed them to plant scripts that could be um, run. They could open up um, administrative shares on systems. They could turn off security agents uh, on systems and then plant their, their malware. Outdated and unpatched OS and applications. And, and many times we saw, when we talk to customer and we find out they're running three forward revs behind. They haven't implemented the latest uh, version which has the latest and greatest advanced detection technologies like AI and ML. And they haven't even enabled, even if they have access, they didn't enable some of those advanced uh, technique, uh, technologies. Insecure application development. Again, if you have, have uh, some DevOps going on in your organization, make sure you, you build security from the beginning. Again, you're implementing a cloud infrastructure, build security from the beginning. Too much uh, access privileges, open shares. I mentioned that uh, earlier, but again, if your administrators have, have full access to everything, it can be a problem. If you're looking at cloud, who can access that? If, you're, if it's an API server, Look at the ports that are using it, that are being used. If it's a um, Kubernetes or a, or a Docker, for example, those use some specific ports. Who can access, what systems can access uh, uh, on those ports only? So, um, and then outdated um, or undiscovered devices. Uh, this is another big one where we find uh, the, 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 the customer calls and says, hey, we found a couple of systems that had ransomware. We didn't even realize those systems were online. We didn't know they didn't have an agent running. So those are a challenge as well, as well as any, any of the devices that can't harbor a security agent. IoT, for example, um, OT networks in many cases, the devices within can't even use a, a, uh, uh, a security agent, medical devices, figuring out how can I improve security? How can I build security around those as well? And then lastly, some best practice, uh, again, foster user education and training, maintain strict access control on a corporate network and home office, reiterate basic security measures, patch management, and then augment threat detection with security expertise. If you're a small business, medium business, you may not have that expertise. I would recommend looking at managed services, managed capabilities, um, because those organizations that offer that in many cases do have the, the threat research experts on, on staff who can do threat hunting for you and can identify a lot of attacks against your organizations. Also, just know if you, if you do wanna have a conversation with Trend Micro, um, we'd love to talk to you. You can send an email to Tiffany, uh, Tiffany underscore Liang at trendmicro.com. She'd be happy to set up something for you. So with that, I'm gonna turn it over and thanks everybody. I know a lot of this may not be for people who are listening to this particular show, 
what they were talking about. I don't know what a Kubernetes is, for example. I've heard it mentioned in uh, daily podcasts that I was listening to before I got busy. <clears throat> but I plan to try and get back and listen to that. But there's definitely a lot of information that my users can uh, gain. And again, it, it goes back to what Michael was talking about last hour. And that is updating, you know, making sure you're as up to date as you can be. 818-921-4976. You want to comment on this, you can call in right now. And uh, make your voice be heard. Um, it is a, it is a, I mean, Trend Micro's really got these insights. They've been in business for many, many years, 30 plus years. This is the company you want to trust. They have outlived a number of companies that we can't find anymore. I was going to go back and see if Central Command was around. See, hey, are you guys still around? I want to see if your antivirus software is accessible and get back to using it because I don't like what I'm using. <clears throat> and they're gone. They're long gone. Don't know what happened to them. F-Secure already mentioned to me once that their product's not accessible. I said, why? You're shutting out a lot of users that could be utilizing it. Trend Micro was pretty good for its day when I used it, but I don't know what it's like now. Um, I did hear that... Which program was it? I was listening to... Freedom Scientific's podcast, which was it AVG or was it somebody else? Um, they made it accessible. I forget now. Um, but I, I really like what Trend Micro has to offer, and they're in the right direction. They will block portions of pages that are bad while letting you lit, look at pages that are good. And if the entire page is bad, it won't let you go there. It is, it is the best you can get. <clears throat> Trendmicro.com. They've got um, personal, and they've got business. It, it is something that I would really recommend that you check out. I know I've got sighted people listening to this program. Um, you don't need to worry about the accessibility problems the blinds got, but I think it's like, last I knew it was like $50 a year. Invest in it. MSE can only do so much. I don't necessarily like it, but it's the most accessible for us, and 
I don't think it's doing enough. <clears throat> I honestly don't. And we've been talking about programs. And, uh... All of that. But I want to try to get into some more. DKIM. The Domain Key Integrated Mail System. So... Let's see what we can cover here. And if people have questions, they have questions and we'll go over if we go over. Under overview. The e-more e the uh need for email validated identification arises because forged addresses and content are otherwise easily created and widely used in spam, phishing, and other email-based fraud. <clears throat> For example, Uh, a fraudster may send a message claiming to be a, a you know a, a certain person. So the example is from sender at example.com. They always like to use that because they don't want to use anything specific. With the goal of convincing the recipient to accept and to read the email and it is difficult for recipients to establish whether to trust this message. System administrators also have to deal with complaints about malicious email that appears to have originated from their systems but did not, i.e., I was saying many years, I'm like, I told one of the GW Micro employees, hey, did you send me this? I just got an attachment and he's like you sent me stuff I said I haven't sent you any attachments I usually tell you if I do I was just curious because I know that you know you're in my I'm in your address book and such but it turned out that I mean I was kind to him and such and he said no I didn't send it but I've also gotten stuff from you I'm like really because my system's clean. It turned out that that was the beginning of forged email way back in the 
early 2000s. Sadly, the GW Micro employee, before GW was ever thought of being merged, this was this was just when GW and Freedom and you know everybody was sort of you know on their own. That employee ended up passing away. Uh, DKIM provides the ability to sign a message and allows the signer author organization to communicate which email it considers legitimate. It does not directly prevent or disclose abusive behavior. DKM also provides a process for verifying a signed message. Verifying modules typically act on behalf of the receiver organization, possibly at each hop. All of this is independent of simple mail transfer protocol otherwise known as SMTP routing aspects in that it operates on the RFC 5322 message, the transported mail's header and body, not the SMTP envelopes uh, envelope defined in RFC 5321. Hence, DKIM signatures survive basic relaying across multiple MTAs or mail transport agents. Alright, I'm not going to read the technical details now, but that's an overview. All right, I don't want to go too far into technical and, and completely run out of time. Uh, with the way the show went today and the way that I started it, which is how I thought I wanted to start it after reading a particular email, um, you know, I just felt that it was appropriate to say, mainly because a lot of the people as I said, are in the technology field. You know, Trend Micro, they're a worldwide company. They got people all over the world. So, if that culture that Eva Chen designated in her willingness to run this global company of cybersecurity people and have a product that has outlived many others. They have got different ethnicities and backgrounds and things. And when you listen to that video that we played over lunch, you thought, you know, this is a company with some teeth. And that's why I started the program the way I did today. Because if Uber's not going to tolerate that, 
Trend Micro definitely won't tolerate what's going on. And I'm sure other companies you do business may send emails out dealing with the whole ordeal of what's going on now. That's why I started the program that way, which is why we're a bit behind. We're not that far behind. I mean, I wasn't going to read you know, all of these various things and then get caught up in it and have to switch gears. I was going to find a good stopping point. So I did cover DKIM as far as I think I should cover it today to allow people to understand a little bit about it. I talked about how we got caught up in that because they had it set to fail completely. And I guess Google and other major providers like Comcast and Yahoo and others um, don't have proper signatures. They have it, but it's not uh, proper or something. Something's not right with it. So the server was just failing it when it got in the mailman. It turned into a big problem here. And I'm glad we uh, got the issue fixed. 818-921-4976. Email and iMessage J-A-R-E-D-R-I-M-E-R at 986themix.com. Text or WhatsApp. I hope everyone is enjoying the program today. <clears throat> it's eight minutes after one. Um, do I have time to talk a little bit? Let's see. Uh, do I want to cover? Where's that email? Um, this article from Krebs that basically says, "No, I did not." hack your MS exchange. You know what? I actually think I'm going to cover this next week. Uh, Brian Krebs wrote a, wrote a very interesting article <clears throat> about how he did not hack your MS exchange server. The, this, the, the exchange server is, the, is this bigger problem that Microsoft had now. And I thought about covering this the long and the short of this article, folks, is that it broke probably a day or two ago. I think it was yesterday. Um, or was it two days ago? Long of the short of it is that there's somebody going on out there with a domain that is probably questionable at that. I wrote about it 
Actually, did I write about it? I don't even... Yes, I did. I did write about it uh, on the technology blog at jaredtech.help. And uh, it was quite interesting because... um, They said... Their name was Brian Krebs. It was like something like Krebs uh, Krebs Security Top or something. I forget the exact domain. It's listed there, <clears throat> but I put underlines instead of dash because I I don't want people going over there and getting targeted. Um, the executable is krebsonsecurity.exe and it is malicious it's the top article right now it's called with status you may get malware named after you It's Kreb on security.top. I put it in as Kreb on security underline top. I don't want people going over there. It is malicious. Um, I'm not even going to go over there. I've seen a lot of email from the dot top domain. All of it spam. And all of it points to these other types of websites which is why I would never buy a domain like .top and .online and .xyz I did like the text reminders service and I was trying to promote it But nobody signed up for it and it ended up disappearing and now textreminders.xyz points to a a guy. I mean that domain's not malicious. It's 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 a website about this Tony guy. I don't remember the name. But there's a lot of XYZ websites that are either used as redirectors or that are just weird sounding and then you go over to the websites because you get curious and they do strange things. So... That's... where we are I wouldn't buy a lot of these domains because I don't trust them I've seen too much email coming from them and they just don't 
seem appetizing to me. I've got Firefox news. We've got other news notes. I'm not going to go through any more DKIM. I think I've done enough DKIM to allow people to understand what's going on. We'll get into the technical details and there'll be a lot more as the weeks go on. We did cover it. Um, And if people have questions about what I've read so far, they can comment. But it has been a very interesting and packed show today. I'm I'm going to turn off the capability of um, accepting calls live. As we are now going to cover two news notes. One in regards to Firefox 87. Some of it's security based. Some of it is more general and accessibility changes. And then we've got a packed news notes. This is the security box and I am Jared Reimer. The Security Box with Jared Reimer on KKNX. Firefox 87 was recently released on the 23rd. I was going over to upload something to Livewire and found that Firefox 87 was installed. And so I decided that I would take a look at it. Now, normally I don't go and take the news notes sections and put them in to any podcast. I may blog about it, which I've done. But there are some things in the security landscape that will affect you in the way that Firefox works. So the file is broken up into sections. What's new? and what's fixed. So we'll cover what's new first. You'll encounter less website breakage in private browsing and strict enhanced tracking protection with SmartBlock, which provides stand-in scripts so that websites load properly. To further protect your privacy, our new default HTTP referrer 
policy will trim path and query string information from refer headers to prevent sites from accidentally leaking sensitive user data. This is very important because sites has been known to put the data you enter within their URLs as question mark strings within the URL. The good news is that I don't know how to do that. I don't want to learn how to do that. I've programmed my forms to work. I understand how they work and they do the job that I need them to do. Yes, I'm getting inundated with spam with these forms, but they work. The processes I chose and use work for me. And so unless there's something else that I can use that can get rid of all of this spam, then I don't see why I need to change. And yes, there's another version of this, but I haven't figured out how to get it to work. The highlight all features on find in page now displays tick marks alongside your scroll bar that correspond to the location of matches found on that page. We're proud to announce full support for Mac OS built-in screen reader voiceover. Yes, if you're using a Mac, you can now use Firefox because now it is accessible. Nice going, Firefox. We've now added a new locale. It's spelled S-I-L-E-S-I-A-N. S-Z-L. So, that's what's new. And again, some of them, most of them anyway, except for two items, are in regards to how Firefox will handle your privacy and security as you browse with it. We do have a fixed section of the file. We fixed several significant accessibility issues. Video controls now have visible focus styling and video and audio controls are now keyboard navigatable. Bug 1681007. This is of value because we've had a lot of trouble, although I've just been known to play videos, but I'm happy to see this fixed. So if I did want to skip something within the video, I will more than likely be able to now. HTML meter is now spoken by screen readers. Bug 
0378. I'm not familiar with this. So if anybody is, please let me know how it works. Again, not necessarily a security fix, but since the notations are for everybody and they notate a lot of stuff, we're just going to cover it. Firefox now sets a useful initial focus in add-ons manager. Bug 580537. I hated tabbing all the way around. And maybe those of you with other disabilities like using large print may find this of value instead of trying to figure out how to click in there. Finally, Firefox will now fire a name description change event when ARIA labeled by described by content changes. Bug 493683. Lots of accessibility fixes. We really appreciate it and maybe that'll help our screen readers and magnification and other software that people use so that it can better behave. Also, various security fixes. And the link to the security fixes is on our blog where uh, we link to the exact document which we are going to be talking about as we are. Here's what's changed. And this will be of importance, especially if you are in this field and use this on a daily basis as I do. Some of it may be security based and some of it may be more general. Item number one, to prevent user data loss when filling out forms, we've disabled the backspace key as a navigation shortcut for the back navigation button. To re-enable the backspace keyboard shortcut, you can change the about colon config preference browse dot backspace underline action to zero. You can also use the recommended alt plus left arrow in Mac command plus left arrow shortcut instead. Firefox keyboard shortcuts should be consistent and I was unaware of the bug or lack thereof until I heard it from Steve Gibson who mentioned it on a Security Now podcast and he was like really? You can go back by pressing the backspace key? Now Steve Gibson is fully sighted but yet he uses keyboard shortcuts so Steve I feel your pain 
I didn't know there was a backspace key. And honestly, when you're in a forum, when you press the backspace and JAWS says browse mode on or forms mode on, you're typing within your form and forms mode off is the browse mode. I could see us making that mistake, but I've always used the alt keys, not the left and right arrow key sequence for backspace and so forth. We've removed items from the library menu that weren't used often or have other access points in the browser. Synced tabs, recent highlights, and pocket list. So once again, this affects the library menu if you use that. We've simplified the help menu by reducing redundant items such as those that point to Firefox support pages that can also be accessed via the get help item. That's it. That's all what's new. As I said, some of this is security based, some of it is not. But it might be of interest for each and every one of you that listens to this podcast. And a link to this document is already on the blog at jaredtech.help. So Firefox, if you've not checked it out again or checked it out before, you might want to check it out because it's got some good security. The Mozilla Foundation runs it just like they do Thunderbird. It's free. They got lots of preferences. And there's even stuff you can change in their about.config or about colon config, but that's more for people who understand that. But there's lots of browsers out there. Like I said, some of that is security, but some of that isn't. But now, speaking of security news, oh God, do I have security news coming up. Holy smokes, is it a lot of news. I tried to pick some of the good ones, and I published some of them that I didn't put in this on the blog. It's coming up next.
I'm Jared Reimer. We tried to pick some of the better items from the list of items that I wanted to talk about and blog about. And yes, I even started trying to blog about them while developing news notes. Sadly, that venture turned out to be quite awful, but I hope to try it again. And you never know. I'm trying to get the blog back up and running. But in the meantime, this is the best I can do. Let's get started with news notes. We've got plenty to cover. Fishing is definitely continuing to be the topic of the landscape more now than ever, even with the pandemic continuing to rage on. In an article I spotted on Fish Labs, they analyzed 100,000 different websites of phishing because they indicate that some are on free hosts, some are compromised websites, yet others may be domains that have expired, that they snatched up. The site analysis took place through a three-month period, which in the article, and not notated in the notations, was from December 2020 to February 2021. They found the following things of interest, which I want to highlight. 38.3% used compromised websites. 37.4% abused free hosting services and 24.3% use maliciously registered domain names. Within the linked article you'll find on the blog, the different terms such as maliciously registered are defined. There are two main headings discerning compromised versus malicious domain registration and free hosting abuse, which should be read if nothing else. This was definitely a great read and news worth sharing. The article title, Most Phishing Attacks Use Compromised Domains and free hosting. Go on and read it. Shortly after Podcast 35's airing, there was an article that was posted that made it into Trend Micro's This Week in Security News Roundup 
which is posted to our blog. While I'm not going to link to that article in News Notes, one article about the solar winds breach came to light. According to a Swiss firm, an actor had APT access to networks for quite a while. If you remember, APT stands for a persistent threat actor. The name of this group is Silverfish. The firm that was named in the article is called Prodaft. Silverfish took advantage by carrying out a sophisticated attack on at least 4,720 targets, which included governmental institutions, global IT providers, dozens of banking institutions in the U.S. and E.U., major audit consulting firms, one of the world's leading COVID-19 test kit manufacturers, and aviation and defense companies. The hackers worked a normal day, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., according to the article. The report is linked within the article, which is titled, Swiss Firm Says It Has Access Servers of a Solar Winds Hacker. So go ahead and read this one if you read nothing else. Speaking of phishing, we can't forget to mention the fact that COVID-19 scams are still out there. A Cyber Scoop article goes into detail about the recent rounds of phishing pages to ask for credentials to Office 365 accounts while they send you an email about potential issues or otherwise in regards to the vaccines. All of us now have a chance to get vaccinated. Check with your state or pharmacy for complete details for your needs. The article is entitled COVID-19 Vaccine Scammers Are Still Lurking and please give it a read. We want to make sure you are knowing what's out there since you may still need to get vaccinated. And this article will definitely talk about what's out there. Finally, patching after the massive flaw in Redmond is well underway with 92% of servers that were now patched after the biggest breach 
in business history to date. As far as we're aware, there's lots of links within the article I read from CyberScoop, so it's best to read the article entitled, Patching is Trucking Along on Microsoft Flaws, but Hackers are still meddling. Have you found something for news notes that you would like to have aired? Is it something that I've completely missed? You know how to contact us. I give out contact information throughout the program. Please feel free to utilize it. And thank you so much for listening to the Security Box, both on the technology blog and podcast series, as well as live. As part of 98.6 The Mix's independent channel programming, And we will continue with more of the program. All right, folks. 818-921-4976. It's time to comment. It's time to comment because item number two was quite interesting. I believe it was number two. So, give you guys a chance to comment. And even you think we've got problems now. You want to bring race into it, folks? Listen to news notes. These news notes items are not race specific. It's not. I mean, people still going after us? Because of the pandemic and fishing? Is now more of a problem? Because of the pandemic continuing to rage on? One hundred thousand different websites of phishing and they're even on free hosts. Now, the free hosts are allowing them because they're not 
picky on race, although they really need to look at the content and say this is not going to be allowed on our platform. But the free hosts don't care. What about domains that have been snatched up? Because somebody forgot to renew it. Thirty-eight point three percent used compromised websites, websites that they were able to compromise because of things that were not patched. Thirty-seven point four percent abused free hosting services, and forty-two point three percent used maliciously registered domain names. I like the item that I talked about shortly after podcast 35 airing. There was an article that was posted that made it into Trend Micros this week in security news, which is on our blog. One article about the solar winds breach came to light. A Swiss firm. A Swiss firm was responsible for this reporting. APT access, the the uh, persistent threat. I feel sorry for my buddy who was nicknamed Silverfish in, I believe it's Australia. Because the group was named Silverfish. And the firm is called Prodaft, P-R-O-D-A-F-T. And they took advantage by carrying out a sophisticated attack on at least 4,720 targets, which included governmental institutions, global IT providers, dozens of banking institutions in the US and EU. major auditing consulting firms, one of the world's leading COVID-19 test kit manufacturers, and aviation and defense companies. 
that's the gambit, folks. That's the gambit. You know what irritated me about that the most? They worked a Monday through Friday workday shift. 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. If that doesn't make you think when you listen to news notes this week and we get this up on the blog and we get the podcast out, then I don't know what will. This is outrageous. The article again, Swiss firm says it has accessed servers of a solar winds hacker. COVID-19 scams. We are still fighting COVID-19 scams. Last call. 818-921-4976. Ow. You all just heard that on air. That hurt. Holy smokes. I want to thank everybody for listening today. I know that the beginning of the show wasn't really how I wanted to do it, except the way that I was looking at my email. It just was the way it went. I had to say something. No matter if we're in the tech field, or not we should do the best we can to treat people the way that we want to be treated as our own DJ Mondo has said I know he's going by a different name now he's going by DJ Acido now but our own DJ Mondo has always said at the end of his programs that we should treat people the way that we want to be treated I've tried to change the ways I've 
acted towards people, if I was rude to them, I have tried to either not say anything or tell them. Let it be their problem. But I try not to be mean-spirited about it now. Has to start somewhere. Doesn't matter what field we're in. Seeing how we're not getting any more calls today, I'd like to thank Michael in Tennessee for calling in. want to thank Jennifer for calling in. And uh, I got to get out of here. It's time to go. And I will be back on another edition of the security box hopefully next week God willing please treat everybody the best that you can let's all try to get along let's not tear this country apart then the hackers are really gonna go after us you think we've got problems now They'll start targeting us with what's going on in the Asian community or the Black Lives Matter movement so that they can continue to get at our information. This is all news headlines for them, folks. They love this. They love it. But I don't. Because in the tech world, we have all worked together to solve problems. Just look at what Trend Micro's done. I'm Jared Ryber saying thanks so much for listening. I will see you Saturday for another edition of the Independent Artist Spotlight. next week on this server for another edition of the security box stay safe everybody keep patching Sound with the sound of speed, machine guns ready to go. Are you ready? Hey.
Another one bust the dust. Hey.